Hi, I'm Trinity Wheeler. And I'm Alan Shaw. And this is Rhapsody Radio. When you is upon us. Star, so we just got back from Disney. Oh uh, Trinity and I are back. <laughs> yes. I still have my Disney ears on. Clearly. It's Mickey ears. Oh, yeah, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Minnie. It, it depends on uh, who you talk to. Yeah, it is Mickey ears, but yeah. So Alan and I just got back from vacation. We had a week at Walt Disney World. It was awesome. It was awesome. We love it. We go twice a year. We're part of the vacation club. It's like our favorite thing on the planet. Tell me about the vacation club. What does that mean exactly? It's it's basically like a timeshare. Oh, yeah. Okay. And you you get to like stay at a at a resort property in the park and it's anyone it was, you want? Um yeah, pretty much. Okay. I mean, yeah, you I have, I have the, like a, re- a resort that's like my own resort that I always the can Polynesian. Go to. Yeah, that's a play, cool place to be. Yeah, I love it's it. It's really really cool. It. We love it. We had so much fun. Um that a lot of special events going on. You know, it's really busy there right now cuz it's like kids are about to go back to schools, so everybody's getting right. the vacation in. But it was like um, a lot of special events and yeah. Would we? The first night we were there, we did glow night at one of the water parks. Oh, so cool. it was like there was like a third of the people that were in the park, and so we could literally go down all the slides multiple times. It was so cool. And then we did uh, at the last night was villains night at Magic Kingdom, which was super cool. You got to see all the villains that normally aren't out. So Ooh. it was like a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, Disney. I, I always people are like, why do you like Disney World so much? I was like, I think it is the best immersive theater. Ever, yeah, like, it, yeah, you're completely immersed in it. It's yeah, I would agree. every and everyone there. What's the most amazing thing is everyone there is truly wanting to have the best time, and people yeah. from all sort of walks of life and backgrounds are all yeah. like having yeah. the best time. Yeah. And I've yeah. also, well, I mean, my uh, when I talk to my friends about it in New York, and and they're like, oh, why do you like Disney so much? I'm like, if you allow yourself to go in. Like if you allow yourself to be the six-year-old or seven-year-old kid and you are like enjoying it just like all the other kids around you are, it's it's such a cool experience to do that. Um, and as long as you don't judge it, you just like, right. it is what it yeah, is yeah, and yeah. you go and do it, it's, it's an awesome yeah. time. I do find myself though when I go to Disney, standing in, when I'm standing in line for a ride or you know, a show or what have you, yeah. um, I find myself regressing to childhood in terms of lack of patience. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, how much longer do I have to stand yeah. in this line until I can get on the ride? If you're standing at line at Disney, you need to learn how to plan Disney. Clearly. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's very you're true. Wrong, <laughs> you're right? doing Disney Clearly. wrong if you're waiting in line. It was so cool. Hey, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, it's such an impressive operation, too. Just the level of detail oh. they get down to with Disney. Oh, that's it's, right. The customer service. I mean, you can't service, help but be impressed by that. It's, yeah, it's, it, it, is a, it is a lesson in how to run a business the most efficient and effective way. Right. And the customer service is on point it's on unmatched. every... No stone unturned. I mean, uh-huh. they literally have the Disney Institute, which is like you can go to as a small business owner and go to Disney and take these classes. Oh, wow. And they teach you all all about sort of their methods and how to implement them into your business. So it's like, you know, customer service and mm-hmm. quality and managing employees and leadership. They have all different topics. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, and, I mean when are you signing up? I know, oh, I was just going to ask that. We're, I think, I yeah, think, I think we're, we're actually talking about January. Yeah, I think we're doing Around January. the marathon time. We're oh, gonna nice. Go, go down oh, there yeah. as an institute just, classes. That makes sense. Marathon, marathon institute. institute. Absolutely. All the things. You know. <laughs> yeah. World domination. Sure. <laughs> 2020, coming in hot. That's right. <laughs> so look, I'm really excited about today's episode because we don't have a guest. <gasps> I know. I'm slightly nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, um, Jen, Jen, and, Jen and Mary Beth brought some, um, 
champagne today because they're a little nervous about Needed to be episode. armed with bubbles. Yeah. Yes, all the bubbles. But look, on the, in the last episode and on social, we asked um, listeners to write in with some questions for us, and we got a few. And uh, Y'all didn't disappoint. Did uh-huh. not disappoint at all. And I think we're going to do today is kind of do this like two-minute drill style. We'll ask a question. We'll spend about two minutes on it. And then uh, we'll... Uh, hopefully provide a little insight about each of us yeah. and uh, respond to some of your questions. Perfect. I love it. Sounds mm-hmm. great. I think Jen's kicking it off. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Look alive, Jen. Let's go. Let's go. All right, let's yes. see. What do we got here? Alan, Yeah. you're on the hot seat. Oh, I love a hot seat. Love it. <laughs> so, so tell us, Okay. when you're not coaching in the gym, Uh huh. what do you really like to be doing? Oh, uh, what do I? Um, okay, so I love nature. I love being outside, um, and I try to get out as much as I can. Um, so the reason why a, a lot of the reason why we moved down to Charleston was the fact that we were so close to the beach. But then you can also, in a thirty-minute drive, be outside in the mountains or the hills, right? So um, my favorite activity to do uh, outside is kayaking. I love kayaking, nice. so I'll go to like Shims Creek, um, and we'll go there, um, or I'll just go down to the beach and. Literally just stare out into the water for like an hour. I just go and like sit in the like foot uh, deep water. And I just, I'm like there just staring. And Trinity's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. Like literally sitting in the sand as yeah, the water comes ab- up? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you find yeah. that sand like rides up into your in my, bathing suit? Oh, well, into your ear? <laughs> it's an exfoliation. It doesn't detract from yeah. the experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It actually enhances. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that's mine. Yeah, that's my that's my favorite thing. I feel like that's how I know when you're at Deathcom One. Yeah. It's it's like I went out to the beach today by myself for sunrise <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, we're there. Oh, we're there. Yeah, we're definitely right. yeah, we're enjoying it. We're enjoying the moment. Yeah. So awesome. I love it. So Mary Beth, uh, what Aww. is the one thing that can instantly make your day better? <gasps> Dogs, love it. <laughs> Seriously, y'all. Like, I'm I'm such a sucker for dogs. Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing that can't. I mean, uh, any any in any way, shape, or form, I will cross the street mm-hmm. to engage with a dog. <laughs> <laughs> they just, you know, I, I grew up with them, born and raised with dogs. I've always had them in my life, and and they just feel like home to me. Um, I really don't know what we as humans did to deserve dogs. Um, but mine are such a great source of joy and yeah, you just want to talk about something that'll instantly like get you out of whatever funk you're in. A dog will do it because dogs are just in the moment and they want nothing from you Uh other than to share time and space with you. Well, you're like us. We have three dogs and you have three dogs. Absolutely. And I would have more. Well, we have one dog and then we have two idiots. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be real. But last night was the first night that we tried to let them all sleep in the bed with us. How'd that go? I was just going to ask how that Um, go. I got about two hours of sleep. We tried it, but they, you know, they sometimes like fuss around and all that. But actually last night they actually like, passed out but you know we have a queen size bed I was gonna ask what size and it's like bed. they're just okay. piled on top of you yeah. so I don't know if we're gonna do that again but I mean we have yeah, a king bed theory. and two dogs yeah. and that's it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot yeah so a queen with three dogs that's yeah mm, okay <laughs> they're great at so many things don't Sharing. call me a queen yeah. Jen. <laughs> I was like, actually it's two queens uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you don't like that <laughs> hilarious uh, speaking of uh, bed for you what do you do in the uh, Jen uh. In first thing in the morning What's your first thing? Okay, well, I wake up. I'm literally on autopilot to hit the button on the coffee machine. Okay, yeah. 
go to the bathroom, yeah, and then I'm awake, uh-huh. right? So I have this ritual every single morning. Okay. You know, you may think it's kind of boring, whatever, but I, I kind of have a, a routine in terms of personal development. So mm-hmm. I journal and I read and I just kind of think about what my day is going to look like from a positive standpoint. I try to think, okay, what's my intention for the day mm-hmm. and how am I going to make it through and what's, what's on How long does that usually take you? Yeah, well, it depends. Yeah. Some, some days, some days it <laughs> some could days be. Some days are easier than some others. Some days are easier than <laughs> others. Um, like this morning, for example, it, it took me about 25 minutes uh-huh. because I was in a mood. I was in a funk this morning. Right. I was not motivated, just having pity parties. But normally, I, I would say about an hour. I kind of, about an hour. I'll yeah. journal for 20, 30 minutes. I'll read 20, 30 minutes and kind of plan my day. Now, is there like no phone? No phone. Part of that? No, like no, no, you're, no you, phone. you don't even, do you even check your phone before you do all of that? I mean, I take it from upstairs to downstairs and I put it on the counter, okay, yeah. um, but I don't look at it. I can, that, that's like the one thing that I am trying to be better at because my phone is my alarm clock. Mm-hmm. So right. immediately you turn off the alarm and then you're immediately on right. your phone from the moment you, so you get here, up. So here's what you do. Yeah. You turn the do not disturb on. Oh, okay. Mm, that's what yeah. I do. Because it does yeah. do the, the alarm. The alarm. But, but then it keeps you from all the notifications and yeah. then wanting to, to <gasps> what is it? Who yeah. said what? Who's t- sending yeah. me messages? Who's My do doing? not disturb is 10 p.m. to 8 a.m. Yeah. And it's you cannot reach me. Now, mm. if someone has an emergency on, on like iPhone, they can call you a second time and it will ring. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's really, really great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's minus all those like stupid YouTube videos that you watch. <laughs> Y'all have a problem. I was just gonna ask yeah. what kind of videos are you Side watching. Note, uh, <laughs> I watch excerpts from The Family Feud with Steve Harvey. <laughs> it is hours and hours of entertainment. They have little clips like on Facebook, and you just watch them over and over. And when I'm not watching Family Feud, I'm watching the slingshot videos. Yeah, the slingshot videos. Have oh you seen this? Like, like I wish the, everybody could the see wigs my facial are expression. Off, like the people's are wigs are coming out. off. People pass out. They have a great one. It's the Daytona slingshot Facebook. Page. I, I want to go back to Family Feud. Like, what is so fascinating about Family Feud? Family oh, Feud is hysterical. Like, I haven't seen it since. Steve Harvey. I don't know, like twenty years ago. Like, who was the original host of that show? It's Richard like Ray Dawson. Cole? Richard Dawson. Richard, Richard, Richard Dawson. Dawson. Yeah. Yeah. Original, right. yeah. I haven't watched it since then. Yeah. I mean, that was a long time ago. Stop looking at me <laughs> like that. You're missing out. I think I saw that like on Nick at Night yeah, when I was, was a kid. <laughs> I was like, was that back in the 70s? It's like, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I love it. It's awesome. Uh, all right. I'm going to switch gears for a minute from YouTube. Trinity and Alan, I have a joint question for you. How do you keep the strength and closeness in your relationship? What is your key to a successful marriage? Um, we literally talk about everything, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes scream at each other because of the fact that we're just trying to get it out in the open. Um, there's never, there's nothing that's ever unsaid. We're always like, we call it what it is. We immediately, when we feel something, we're like, this is how I feel in this moment. Um, there's never any, uh, thing that's built up. And so I, I, I find, and we have learned a lot about how to, to know how each other is feeling um, without really talking to <laughs> having those. Like, yeah. You just sort of know, like I know exactly what Alan's thinking almost before he says it. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that like what I've learned about us early on, I think it's a beautiful thing. I think it's one of the most attractive things about Alan is he, he's a very sensitive soul and he sort of wears his heart on his sleeve and I'm very different than that. And I can sometimes come across as very um, blunt or straightforward and I just mm-hmm. say things how they are. But I think we've developed a really good system of just like 
open lines of communication, always talking and not ever letting a small thing build up to be a big thing. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And, um, you know, sometimes it's, it's unpleasant, but we talked a couple weeks ago on an episode about integrity and we always say to each other, you know, integrity is having those hard conversations. Yeah. When it's uncomfortable to have. And it's sometimes really, really tough. Really yeah. tough to have. Yeah. Um, and but I just encourage people just to continue to talk. And we are by no means experts at this whole marriage thing. But, you know, we've been together for 10 years. And um, it seems to be working out. We take it a day at a time. Yeah. And, um, you know, someone told me early on, uh, someone told me early on that, uh, you know, never go to bed angry. Oh, that's Yeah, good I've advice. heard that. Yeah. I've heard that. And, and so, <laughs> a lot of times we do, we do not uh, allow that to happen. Sometimes there are days, but you yeah. know, we, we, we try our best. We strive. Yeah, for yep. sure. And it's yeah. very, it's very interesting owning a business with your, with your partner in crime as well. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say our <laughs> role is a kiss before bed. Oh yeah. So even if you can't get to a place where you're not angry, uh-huh. you at least get to enough of a place where. So disagree to agree or is that how it goes? What's that saying? Disagree. Agree to agree disagree. To disagree. Agree to disagree. <laughs> Kiss it. Reverse it. Revisit it in revisit the morning. Revisit it in the morning. Right. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. I like that. Okay. Let's switch gears here. Mary Beth, here you go. You're often dressed to the nines. Where do you get your sense of style and how do you pull it off? Oh, I... God, that's an interesting question. So... I think that to to be entirely honest, a lot of, you know, my love for clothes and fashion and putting things together in a certain way, it it's really almost making up for lost time mm-hmm. in all honesty. Right. You know, so in high school growing up, um I was I was a curvy kid. I was, you know, I was probably a size 14, 16. Um, and I'm really short. And anyway, so so there was a lot of just like that narrative. I was a super late bloomer. And so the cool clothes never fit me the way I wanted. Like I still get anxiety seeing Abercrombie and Fitch's logo, you know, like it was just. <laughs> like, I can't get that smell out of my mind. I can't get that smell mind. out yes. of my mind. Yeah. Right. Um, and so the, the, that was just a big, a big black cloud growing up. Right. Um, and so. As I got older and matured, and there really wasn't a profound turning point, but I finally just decided to get over it and love my body, be healthy. And part of the way that I did that was really playing with clothes and embracing bold colors and embracing bold patterns. And then somewhere along the line, that really translated to showing up with intention. And so now, like, Getting, getting dressed for the day is the way that I show respect for myself and I get my head in the game and I can walk into any room and feel like I'm owning it because I've dressed for it. And uh, let me tell you something. You do it. Because I remember Thanks, one girl. photo shoot. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> she just looks so beautiful. I was like, I want to look like her. Oh, you do that. Oh. So I think it's it's not about... It's not all about wearing expensive clothes or designer labels. Like, that's not what we're talking about, y'all. It's really about owning what makes you feel strong and confident and powerful. And it might sound superficial, but I really do get a lot of power out of fashion and style because I feel like when you've got it together, you've got that look together and you, whether it's walking into a meeting or a cocktail event, like whatever it is, you set the tone the minute you walk in the door. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
because you're you're dressed for what you're you're showing up to do. So my pro tip there, um, and y'all laugh at me. I don't actually own a lot of my clothes other than my gym clothes because no one wants those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no one wants those. Okay. Uh, I'm a big fan of Rent the Runway, so you I are. actually do the you Rent are. the Runway unlimited subscription, and it is y'all laugh. It's one of the first things. I recommend, especially to my my fellow shepreneurs, because it's a great way to keep your closet fresh. It's it's economical in the sense that you're not paying for dry cleaning, and you you're always armed with the outfit you need to be who you are that day. That's, That's awesome. It. Confidence. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You're an amazing woman. I just have to what? say that. She is. You're an amazing woman. Thanks I just too. yeah. But the outfits you That's pick out are so. I mean, awesome. I just love them. I do. I really do. <laughs> like I look up to you in that sense of style. So thanks, Bill. I appreciate it. So Alan and I like to travel a lot. So this one came in for you. Yeah. Um, what is the next place on your travel bucket list? And can we come? And it can't be Disney. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing. Uh, Trinity and I, when we find something, we stick with it, right? So of course, like we're part of the Disney, Disney Vacation Club. So we are automatically going to be going to Disney or one of their properties around the world at some point during the year. Um, we also... Um, love and I have fallen in love with Hawaii. Yeah. Um, oh, Hawaii is probably, Hawaii will be the place that I eventually end up. That's where I will be living. Like in my, permanently? Permanently. Like oh. that. that's where my, that's uh, in my lifetime. I'm like, I need to live in Hawaii. What part of Hawaii? Yeah. Maui. Is Maui. that where you got married? Yeah. yeah. Maui got was where okay. Maui. Yeah. Okay. We Maui. 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 Oh, God. But I've never been to Hawaii yeah. and I would love to go there. So, oh, one it's, day. yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It, it's such a um, really, really special place. The community there is amazing. And, and what's so incredible about it is the locals, the people that are born and raised, the Hawaiians, yeah. Polynesian, um, are. They love their cities. They love their island. They love the nature. They protect the nature. Yeah. There's such pride in their land. And if you've ever been there, it's yep. it's really a, you you land, you get out of the airplane, you walk into the air that's there, and everything just changes. Yeah. There's like there's this like sense of calm that comes over. It's the island life. It's Hawaiian life. And um, I. Uh, so that's that's just a given. Those two places are the givens. My next sort of bucket list item that I want to go to is the Highlands, like doing Ireland and Scotland and those because mm, cool. it's like almost the exact opposite. And I, I have some family. That's where my heritage is from, and so I I've, I've wanted to go there for a very long time. So that's sort of on the bucket list. Hopefully sooner rather than later. That's awesome. Yeah, Steve and I, when we have a couple glasses of wine and we we get our drithers, yeah. we talk about eloping yeah. in the Highlands. Ooh. Because, I mean, yeah. it's such a special place. And, yeah. you know, especially when you have that family heritage and history and you're like, I want to yeah. I want to go back and I want to explore that. And Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. All right, Trinity, your mm. turn. So this is, this is a big question. Oh. Um, if you could change your relationship with one family member, who oh. would it be and why? Oh, goodness. That's Ooh. deep. Yeah, that's who asked that? I've got two minutes to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> Armchair uh, therapist, anyone? Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness, that's a that's a challenging one. Um, you know, gosh, you know, I, I I I learned early on that you know, family is obviously what you make it. And I think about um, my dad, for instance, and my dad. When you talk about an, an American cowboy, my dad is like that in the dictionary. You know, when I was born, my dad's a professional bull rider, one of the best in the world, traveled all over the United States riding 
um, before I was born. And then after I was born, it was pretty much a rodeo every weekend. That was, that was our lifestyle. And, uh, you know, just a, a tremendous personality, uh, really um, outgoing with a lot of tenacity, incredible athlete, um, which um, I didn't at that time sort of realize it was just my dad. And, you know, and, um, and then sadly last year my, my dad passed away. He was like in his early 60s. Early 60s, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Very healthy, but just had a heart attack. They live way out in the country in Texas and just, you know, the uh, ambulance takes so long to get out there. And by the time he got to the hospital, it was a bit too late. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, when, when, you know, I was coming out and all that stuff when I was young, it, you know, he's a cowboy, that's a cowboy. <laughs> yeah. and, and that doesn't mean, you know, and, and, you know. and it just, it didn't, didn't go so well. And so our sort of relationship over, you know, the next many, many years was separated and he and I didn't have contact for years, yeah. um, leading up to when he passed away. So, you know, he passed away, um, Super unfortunate, but Alan and I did go to the funeral, and it was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Was, um, I, I mean, just speaking personally, being a part of that, um, your family was wonderful to yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really great people. And, like, um, the funeral was amazing. It was, like, hundreds and hundreds of people. But, you know, that's, that's something you look back on. It's, it's one of those things I said, you know, you just, um, you know, don't go to bed angry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, there's, you don't want to ever live. Oh, Alan's tearing up over here. Um, you know, oh it's gosh. one of those things you just, you just, um, you know, love the people around you because no one's promised tomorrow. That's right. And you don't want to have one of those things in your life that's like, you know, coulda, woulda, shoulda type situation. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That wow. was, you know, God. one I wish was a bit different. <laughs> that was deep. That was really yeah. deep. Okay. Oh, goodness. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, how do we come back from that? I don't. Oh, I don't. <sighs> <laughs> oh goodness. Um. <sighs> so, Jen Bellini. Oh, okay. Um. Is it hard for you to admit when you're wrong, and do you admit it or do you ignore it? And then, so how do you how do you handle and manage that? Wow. Okay. Jen's never wrong. I was just going to say, well, this is easy because I'm never wrong. I don't have any flaws. (laughs) Um, Honestly, I hesitate because the stubbornness in me always wants to say I'm right and you're the wrong one. Not you specifically, Mm -hmm. but in general. But I've learned as I've gotten older and I've really, you know, dived into personal development and being vulnerable around people that it is the utmost importance to admit when you're wrong, even if it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll give you an example. So like last week, Keith and I had a little tiff. Well, you know, just a heated discussion. I'll just say that. <laughs> and I was like thinking in my head, I'm right. I'm right. Even though deep down I knew I was wrong. Yep. And he said to me, you know, maybe you should have communicated this way to me. And instead of digging my heels in and saying, no, I'm right, I'm right, I said, you're right, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. And the feeling that I got being vulnerable like that and just saying, oh, I'm sorry, you were right, is a feeling that I can't really describe, but it felt good. Mm -hmm. It felt like, you know what, I was wrong. 
and I can admit that I was wrong. And it just felt good because next time something happens, I know how to address it. Totally. Does that make sense? And also you can sort of move on, right? You yeah. can definitely move on. Because if you're going to stand on ceremony and like, no, 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 right. I'm right. It's like so much wasted time. It is. Because then you th- because then it's back and forth of, you, no, I'm right, you're right, back and forth. All this mm-hmm. bickering for days, hours, whatever it I may mean, be. The, and, I, and it doesn't need to be that oh, way. Oh, yeah. It's hard for Trinity and I. I mean, because he and I are very... Uh, Stubborn. I am not stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> See, here it goes. Alan, a Alan example. will never admit when he's wrong. I'm very, it's very, uh, it's very challenging. Yeah. I, I, because that moment is like yeah. you have to like sort of check yourself and be like, okay, but I, I, yeah, I uh, fucked up. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, but it's I'm, not uh, just know. like that with like your personal intimate relationship. It's like that even with like my kids, for example. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the one thing I've I, I vowed to myself was when I became a parent was not to parent like my own mother parent me because it just was dysfunctional and that's a can of worms I don't really want to talk about right now because I'll be here for 20 minutes instead of two. But, you know, there are times when I have done things or said things to my kids and I go, oh my goodness, I'm acting like my mother and I don't want to do that. And I can immediately recognize it and stop and say I'm sorry. And I think a big part of admitting when you're wrong is being aware that you're wrong. Yep, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I also think that our hesitation to admit when we're wrong, at least for me, it boils down to this this need to be perfect right. in a way, like that right. expectation. And when you set that expectation for yourself, you're also setting it for the person you're disagreeing with. Mm-hmm. So if you allow yourself to admit you're wrong and say, all right, I've, I've learned from this, I'm sorry, and it's a genuine apology. Right. You've also made space for the other person to do it as well. But it's almost like like when you're playing a game of chicken. Like no one can really, right. you know, uh, unless you flex that muscle and, and you have that skill, it's really challenging to do unless someone blinks first. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I know one of the things that I've, I've really been working on is admitting I'm, I'm wrong with my clients. Mm-hmm. So if something is, is moving slowly or doesn't come together the, the way they, they want it to, or, or there's, there's a hiccup of sorts, by admitting or saying, hey, I, this didn't go the way I wanted it to go, or this didn't move as, as quickly as I wanted, I'm going to make it right, but this is the reality. Yep. It allows them to do that as well. And mm-hmm. we end up having a much more functional relationship because we've let go of that, like, I expect you to be perfect right. and get it right all the time. Right. right. Yeah. Well, I'm a lot of pressure. I want to ask the, the follow up question, which is the next question for you, oh, Mary Beth. God. Personality traits of yours. What are your, what are you most proud of in your personality traits and why? Um, deer and headlights headlights. (laughs) Ah, humility is a good quality no uh i'm endearingly quirky no (laughs) (laughs) this is not a tender profile (laughs) (laughs) honestly i I think one of the things that i've always felt like I, i just do naturally and the the ongoing joke as if it's not my life right mm-hmm. um is i think i'm very i'm good at creating order from chaos mm-hmm. so i i can kind of dive into to the swirling and the stress and the the amorphous what are we doing next mm-hmm. and i can boil that down to this is where we start and this is what we do after that um and one i think that makes me good at what I do business wise, Mm -hmm. but I also think that I get a lot of fulfillment by the way that calms people. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah, it, that service that you give to it, other people. It is, yeah. it is the, you know, it'll sound silly. It's kind of the way I feel like I serve mm-hmm. is, you know, often friends, clients, you know, they'll, they'll come to me with, with a insurmountable problem mm-hmm. to them or, you know, a nut they can't crack, however you want to describe it. Yeah. And after we work together for a while, you know, they'll, they'll leave with a, with an action plan. Like, okay, this is where I start. This is where I, I start that, that climb. Yeah. Um, I've been on the, I've been on, on the other side of that, <laughs> on that pen yeah. and it's, it's been amazing. Yeah. It's and, been amazing. And add, add to that. I, I think that your, your greatest weapon that you have mm. is, um, you listen. And I think that so many times when, when, you know, when you're in a business or you're in a relationship, you just want to get in there and like, chew on it and fight it out. Sure. But you just have this totally calm sense. You listen to everything and then you think and then you respond and you think and then you respond. Mm-hmm. And so, so many times we just want to talk because we want to hear ourselves. We want to get what we want to say yeah. out versus like thinking through, forming an opinion, forming a solution and moving mm-hmm. forward. I think that's a really, really powerful um thing that you do. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And, and I, I really, I, to, to your point, I think that if you take a minute to observe people mm-hmm. and listen, they'll tell you everything you want to know. Mm-hmm. Yep. And especially in the marketing and communication space, I think it's kind of hallmarked by um, people who are loud and who are, you know, very flamboyant and they're, you know, in your face kind of personalities. And there's a space for that. But I find that if you just sit back and hear people and see the dynamics playing out, mm-hmm. then one, it gives you time to think. Mm-hmm. So when you do say something, you've, you, you know, you formed your thought, right? And you have something of significance to say, but also you'll learn a lot. Mm-hmm. You do. Yeah. yeah. Wow. For sure. Okay. Trinity and Alan, what struggles do you face being business owners, working and living together? The key to it has been work is not the marriage and really separating the idea that the marriage is one thing when we're at home, but when we're in our business together and owning a business together, it's like we are co-owners of a business and we have to really keep those separated. Where we run into issues at times is it's hard. I mean, that, 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 that's easy thing to say. That is a very different thing to make a reality. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... And it comes with time and literally trial and error. Yeah. Because when it comes to yeah. work, I, I, I am... I'm, I am very on task. Like I have my list of things that I need to get done and I will bulldog until I get what yes, I need. Do. Yes, you do. And, and <laughs> <laughs> but I it's love a superpower. But, but I love that, but I love that about you. But I, I love that about you. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I, 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 in a very, you know, we always, someone that I, I sort of really respect in the theater community always says to me, says, you know, Every, every decision we do in, in theater, let, let's like make it a non-emotional decision. And so I tend to just really drain the emotion from when it comes to the work things out of it and just talk about facts and figures. That's right. just how my brain and mind works. And, um, and I've, learned, I've learned a lot yeah. with that. And it um, drives Alan crazy. It does. It does drive me crazy. Why does it drive you crazy? Um, it drives me crazy just because I... Um, I don't want to say it drives me crazy. It's just that I... I a lot of times come from it at a place of where my emotion is the first thing that meets it. And then the logical brain behind it is, is coming up after it. And so I have to allow that emotion to take a moment to breathe, to have a second of saying, okay, you are just reacting with a feeling right now and you are in control of those feelings. 
Okay. So the feeling then is then met with the logical side of saying, okay, well, me being pissed off in this moment is not going to help anybody and definitely not going to help myself. Yep. So the way that I can really get through this is taking a step back saying, okay, um, the gym needs to be painted and we, uh, somebody needs to be here. And so this is how we're going to logically, uh, get it done. And so when I take the emotion out of it, um, after the fact is fine. Um, so, okay. So from a practical standpoint, let's say there was a, a, an issue th- at, at the business, whatever uh-huh. that may be. Yeah. And the two of you would disagree. And then you, it's the end of the business day and you go home, but you're still both worked up about whatever that business issue is. Oh, what happens? How does that spill over into home? Like, do you just leave the issue at work at mm, work or no, do you, or it's, that's it's very a, hard to do. It's yeah. an, it's an immediate, like we talk through it, even if we don't yeah. want to talk through it. Because then we both won't get sleep if right. we don't. Yeah. We so. do that thing like, okay, we're going to sit down and no one's going to leave this room until this is sorted out. Yeah. And I think you just have to do that sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, hate, I hate that whole thing of like, I need to walk away and I need some time. I'm like, no, we're going to do this <laughs> right now. I've done that a couple of times. But, 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 and it like I mean, follows me. I'm like, leave me alone. I know, but sometimes like when you're emotional, like I, I'm kind of like Alan, like I tend to be very emotional with my decisions and very mm-hmm. emotional. If like you said something that upset me, I'd be very emotional about it. So sometimes I need that, like I need to walk to the bathroom and need to collect my thoughts mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. I respond. Because yeah. if I don't, then... I'd be afraid of reacting the wrong way, yeah. right, so to speak. So Yeah. Yeah. It's a practice. It's, it, it, you just you yeah. have to really work on it. Yeah. Bellini, this one's for you. What is the most embarrassing thing that has happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> Rude. <laughs> I knew someone was going to submit a question like that. Yeah. Like, I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Oh, you got I it. have to? Yeah. That's, you're right, on deck I do there. have a few, but let me say the most embarrassing Okay, I'm at the beach in a two-piece. <laughs> and it was a two-piece that, it was a cheap one. I just picked it up from Target. It was like $7.99 on the clearance rack. But it was super cute. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to get it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I'm at the beach. I'm with my kids who were pretty young at the time, toddlers. And I bent over and the clip of the top of the bathing suit broke. <laughs> and I stood up and didn't realize that it broke. <laughs> and I stood up and I didn't have a top on <laughs> at the Isle of Palms beach. Oh my gosh. And yes. there was people everywhere. And for like probably 30 seconds, I didn't even realize I didn't have a top on. Cause like I have kids screaming and like my attention was just elsewhere. And then I looked down and I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> and the girls I are the out girls to play. Was like, oh, covering myself with my arms. And then I was like, Oh, we've only been here for 20 minutes. Now what am I going to do? Hilarious. Um, so I grabbed a T-shirt out of the bag, and that's your most embarrassing thing that has gonna, ever happened to you. You're doing really well. You're doing life. extremely well. I've <laughs> I had mean, some really I'm, bad okay, experiences. All right, okay, all right. I've shit my pants. <laughs> okay, all right. On stage. Uh, oh, you know what? Okay, so that reminds me. All right, here's how okay. you win. That's actually happened right, though. I actually shit my okay. pants. We don't on tell stage. people that. No. So, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. All right. If I have a story of when I'm 21, it won't be held against me, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Space. Yeah. So I was at the beach with my girlfriends. It always starts. <laughs> I was at the beach. <laughs> Jen, maybe you shouldn't go to the beach. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe the beach isn't for you. I know. Um, so, you know, I think I was like, I may have been 21 or maybe 22, but early 20s. And, you know, you get that pass to go out and drink and it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. fun. Okay. So we're driving. I'm in the back seat. 
and we were driving, it was like two, three o'clock in the morning, and we're driving back to the house from the bars on the strip of the beach. This was Ocean City, Maryland, by the way. So if anybody's ever been to Ocean yeah, City, yeah. Maryland? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we went to the, I think it was like the Green Turtle. Have you ever been to the Green Turtle? Mm-mm. Mm. It's a pretty cool place. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're driving home, and then there's, there's, there's a bunch of girls in the car, and I'm in the back. And I don't remember exactly what the conversation was, but anyway, the, the car next to us were driving by, and it was a bunch of guys. And my girlfriend was like, oh, look at that one. Look at this one. And they're all like, you know, waving and all the things. And I just decided it would be funny if I just took my pants down and put my butt cheeks up against oh the window in the car. <laughs> it wasn't really embarrassing, but it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and they were oh all goodness. like, what? What is she doing? That, that's pretty much it. <laughs> nice. Did you I mean, I can feel my face Did you go to Mardi Gras? You seem like that kind yeah, of, like, yeah. that kind of girl. No, you get a I lot would, of beads, but baby. But I would go. I know, yeah. I'd go with you, actually. We'd I have a lot of fun. That would be fun. That would be Field fun. Field trip. Hilarious. Yeah, field yeah. trip. So, here's one from Instagram, Jen Bellini. How long have you been working out, and what was your hardest struggle staying consistent, especially with being a mom? Okay, first of all, I just want to address the fact that everybody calls me Bellini now. I think that's kind of cute. <laughs> yo, Bellini! <laughs> yeah, it's like the Rocky movie, like, yeah, yo, Adrian. Yeah, yo, yeah, Adrian. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I got digressed. Okay, um, so the question, consistency and workout, and how do I handle that? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's been about five and a half years that I've been working out. I really kind of upped my workouts to higher intensity probably about four and a half years ago. And I think the key to consistency is, is that I have made working out a non-negotiable every day for me, no matter what. So you work out every day, every single day, every single now, day. They're not all high intensity workouts every okay. day, but like maybe like Saturday and Sunday may just be like a recovery kind of active recovery day. Talk sort us of, through. Sort of. Give me the average. <laughs> so yeah. she only runs five miles and instead of 10. No, <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's break this okay. down. Okay. okay. Give me, give me a week. Like Give a you quick a average week. Okay. So, well, I mean, things, things have changed since I've, you know, have some issues with my arms, but on a normal given week, I will probably go to CrossFit every day or at least five to six times a week. Right. And then I go to high low and I do the high classes, maybe the days that I don't come to CrossFit. And I just kind of back and forth and back and forth. And I was doing some yoga on active recovery days, but I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with my arms to do that right now. But um, yeah, every day. It's a habit, right? It's a habit. And, like, and, and, and it takes, you know, I always tell people, I said, if you give yourself six weeks and you make this a habit, it, it can it can stick. I can tell Isn't you that I... 21 days? I think 20, so. 21 I think days. 21 days can start a but habit. But I, I, think, I think the thing is, is like, it's not that my kids are not important to me, but if I'm not happy and I'm not healthy they're not going to be happy and healthy, right? right. Mm-hmm. So on the days that I, maybe my work schedule is way too busy and I don't have time to work out, which has happened, um, I can feel it like by the end of the day and I'm just ready to like jump out of my skin. Like I just need that um, release of endorphins, I guess, right. mm-hmm. to, make, to make myself feel better. So that's just a non-negotiable for me. So look, I thought I would wrap this up today by asking the question that we asked every guest that we have on the show, and it's that if they only knew, what do you wish people knew about you? And we're going to start down there with Mary Beth. Wow. All right. Um, what do I wish people knew about me? I think I, think I wish people knew, because uh, I, I, get, I get this a lot. Um, and, and I, 
I take it as a compliment as graciously as I can that, that I'm confident. I wish people knew that that is not a natural quality. That is a learned quality. That is something, it's, it's a combination of fake it till you make it. It's a muscle I've developed. Um, I often do not feel confident and it's something that I, you know, I've always had to, to get past and show up and do it anyway. And so, especially when it comes to my clients who are in the entrepreneurial small business space and they, they're rallying to do something they're afraid to do. Um, and they'll say something to the effect of like, I wish I could show up, you know, with your confidence. I wish, you know, I could walk in and own this meeting cause I'm scared. Mm -hmm. I just want them to know you can, because if I can do it, if I can teach myself to do it, anyone can do it. Mm -hmm. Um, because it is a skill that you can learn and develop. You can teach yourself how to be confident and, and it can become this ongoing practice. And I just wish that was something people knew and now they do. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, Bellini. No, I was going to say, I was gonna say, can I get a hall pass on this one? <laughs> no, no, pass? no. <laughs> what do you wish people knew about you? Um, I don't know why this is such a tough question, but how about this? This is one thing that I often get a lot, and it's from my closer friends more than more so from people that really don't know me. And it's, Jen, why do you always look so unapproachable? Why do you have that look of like resting what? bitch face? Yeah, I do. Like, People say to me, well, you're just resting bitch face all the time. And I'm like, but I'm generally a nice person. And if I look like I'm having a bad day or if I just look like I'm unapproachable, that's simply not the case. That's just my outer face. And, you know, I yeah. love people that come talk to me. And, I mean, if you, a stranger came up and said, oh, hey, I'd be like, oh, hey, and have a big smile on my face. And I would mm -hmm. tell you my whole life story in 30 seconds or less if you let me. But, um, yeah. Um, so I'm, That's a really honest answer. That's yeah. like one of the most honest answers we've had on the show. Really? Yeah, it's really, Aww. really... So I'm not a bitch. I'm a very nice person, <laughs> basically. So, so this surprises because I would have never. Yeah. I would never. I say get that, that about all you. the time. Like I, I don't know why. It's usually, uh, like I said, it's not from somebody that I don't know. It's somebody that maybe I just got to start, you know, to get to know. And they're yeah. like, you know, when I met you, I didn't really want to talk to you. I didn't want to approach you because you just looked very intimidating and you just looked like you have that resting bitch face. And I'm like. Gosh, so I do try to work on that, but um, yeah. I just wear my emotions on my face sometimes. So if I'm in a like a funk or something, you'll you could you can clearly right. see. Right? Yeah, I can't hide anything. Yeah, no. I, I can't no hide poker face. No. Yeah, none at none. all. Mr. Shaw. Yeah, I. Uh, if people only knew, I um, just like you, MB, ha had to sort of uh, teach yourself that confidence to I. I just go back to when I was a kid. I had to learn. I get um, I get really um, anxious in groups and nervous in groups and being in front of people. Stop. What? Yeah. It's like, it's one of those things where I have to um, almost like, I don't know exactly how to phrase it, but I... I have to build myself up. Like you have to psych yourself up for it. I have to psych myself up yeah. every single time. Um, and it's been ever since I've been a performer. I mean, I've always like, I loved, I love theater. I love singing. I love acting. I love performing. Um, but it, it is truly one of those things where like every single time it happened, every single time I teach a class, I am constantly being like, you got this, you got this, this, you're, you're, you're good. you like, so I, 
so yeah, I get I get extremely anxious. Well, um, is it uncomfortable too, or just anxiety? It's anxiety. Okay, it's uh, anxiety. Okay. Um, but what I think is so cool about that is that you love what you do more than the anxiety and the fear. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. And so yeah. it's like if you love it more, yeah, you you can. I feel like that anxiety, right? like also once you get past that sort of once I get past that wall, that's when I feel like I'm living in the moment and mm-hmm. like living my truest potential in that, in that space. But it's always up until that point that I'm like, okay, let's fucking dive off the, dive off the cliff yeah. and see, you know, hopefully the wings open, you know, cause That's, you're such a natural, like you're you such are. a natural at owning a room, mm-hmm. owning a crowd. Like you're, you're, you just can't take your eyes off. It's you. one of, it's one of those things that I've, I just like you, I feel like I've had to really hone in, in, in that. I have to get myself to a point where I'm like almost like psyching myself up to go out and really give it 110% every time. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Trinity, All right, Trinity your turn. <laughs> <laughs> Bring us home. Oh goodness. Um, you know, it's interesting because I've, I'm, I'm very, very thankful that, that, you know, my career, I've had the opportunities that I've had along the way. And, um, a lot of times young people will ask me like, you know, how did you get to where you are? You get to work on these certain shows and it's really seem really successful. You're really good at what you do. And I just, and people sort of, that, that's all that they see. They don't see the, the years and years of, of history there of me literally like the first show that I did, um, after I was a performer and began in stage management, I was hired as a stage manager, um, and I literally went and got a book that was, you know, how to be a stage manager for dummies. Literally, that's what it was like. And I just, all that work that you put in before, all that yeah. work you put in before, you know, your career sort of gets to a point where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm somewhat confident in what I'm doing now. And I think that, that sometimes people, you know, that you can't see all that. That, that, that you've been no. through. They, they see the end result. They don't yeah. see the journey. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you know, I grew up in a, you know, single wide trailer house in Texas and ended up in New York city and you know, executive producing Broadway shows, you know, it can be done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's just one of those things that, you know, I wish people saw the work and know that it takes a lot of work and to know that it's, mm-hmm. it's, you have to be okay being uncomfortable. Mm hmm. You know, I think that's for extended periods. I was going to say, it takes some grind. Yeah, it definitely did not happen overnight. Uh You know, how long did it take you? Like, so here's a piggyback question: Mm -hmm. How long did it take you until you felt like you'd achieved success? Um, I think the thing about me is I'm I'm never happy where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Um, even to this day, you know, you could look at my resume and be, oh, that's really super impressive. I'm not that impressed it by is, my resume. It is, by the way. You <laughs> should <Yeah>. be. <laughs> I know, but I'm I'm just never like fully impressed, and so I I don't I, I always feel that I'm I'm on a journey and and I have goals. You know, yes, I'm 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 doing. I have I have a, a great position with a, a wonderful company, and I produce really great theater for people across the country. But I, I have a lot more in store for what I I want to do and and what lies ahead. Um, obviously on the fitness side, but also on the theater side, you definitely want to do some things on my own, um, produce some projects on my own. And, um, and that's definitely coming. So, um, I like that. I like that you said the word journey because I've been really focusing on that too. Like we're, Mm -hmm. we're always trying to get to the end result, but in reality, like 
there is no end result. Mm-mm. It's just you're never con- done. It's you're, yeah. literally every moment is yeah. making. I don't know what I would do with myself if I thought I was like at done. the pinnacle. Yeah. You know, yeah. when I was young, it was like, I want to be on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And then you get to Broadway and you do Broadway and you're like, oh, that was really great. That was a great milestone. milestone that sure. was mm-hmm. not the end of the journey. Yeah. Awesome, guys. This was really cool. This was really cool. <laughs> and really, thank you all out there for your questions. Yeah, Some they really were cool awesome. questions Amazing. that came Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, I learned actually learned a lot about each of you. Yeah, today. likewise. I'm yes. really super stoked for the next episode. Oh, me too. Me too. Me. I'm yes. so excited. So we have Kate Fagan on. Author, she, yeah, author. She the you co- get a cookie and you get a cookie and you get a. <laughs> She's the co-host of the Free Cookies podcast and also a former ESPN sports commentator and reporter. She's going to be on with us um, in two weeks here, and we can't wait Cannot for wait. that. It's going to be so amazing. Excited. Well, that's it for this one. That was awesome. That was great. Really, yeah. really great. I a lot of information, so especially much about insight. you, Jen Bellini, <laughs> <laughs> showing your ass out the car. I mean, I was twenty. <laughs> I didn't know any better. We've all done it. It's totally fine. We haven't all done that, actually. <laughs> Man, that's like, no, we haven't all done that. So, look, thanks for listening out there. Remember on Instagram at Rhapsody Radio Show, and you can email us at info at rhapsodyradio.com. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.